Before we start, I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Noah Mobility. No Mobility are a state-of-the-art relocation service that helps expats with the practical and difficult tasks of moving to another country. This includes things like visas, accommodation, driving licenses, orientation and registration. So essentially they take away the pain of moving and take the stress on themselves so that you can enjoy exploring your new home. You can check out their full suite of services by visiting their website noah-mobility.de or logging onto their app Arc One, where the code FIRSTJOBABROAD will automatically give you €20 Euros towards any service you wish to partake in. Thank you again to Noah Mobility. Welcome to the Guide to Getting Your First Job Abroad with me, Sally Fletcher. This is a podcast designed to help those who want to combine building a meaningful career with seeing the world. We discuss things like routes to careers abroad, jobs that pay you to travel, how to nail a Skype interview, digital nomads, visas and well-being as an expat. Each week we cover a different factor that you'll need to consider when thinking about working in another country for the first time. We'll also speak directly to someone who's made the move and uncover their tips, tricks, and what they wish they'd done differently. Welcome back to the guide to getting your first job abroad with me, Sally Fletcher. So when I first launched this podcast back in March, I was concerned as the whole world was cancelling flights, shutting borders, and staying put inside their homes. And I thought, this is the worst time to launch a podcast about living and working abroad. But I have my content, so I thought I'll do it anyway. Um, And the response I got was so completely different to what I feared. So it did seem that a lot of you, instead of being put off moving abroad, And having all of that time stuck at home was an opportunity to think about what you really wanted from your career and life. So I think it set people dreaming and gave them time to imagine a life beyond the one that they're currently living. It also pushed people out of procrastinating. So in the same way that when you're living somewhere, you know, like London, um, you never really bother to go and see the sites because they're always there. When you feel that you've always got the opportunity to move abroad, you put it off and years and years go by and you've never actually actioned anything. What COVID-19 has shown us is that the world is a very unpredictable place. Flights might not always be available. Um, So we, we think, you know, I'll go on holiday next week, I'll move abroad next year, but flights aren't always available when you want them. And just because the world's opened up in the last 50 years, it doesn't mean it can't close again. So essentially what I'm saying, this is a little bit of a call to action, is that if you really have that desire to move abroad, if it's top of your dream board, or if hearing about people and their global careers always makes you really jealous, it's a really clear sign that it's time to go and you should really grab the ball by the horns when it comes to living and working abroad. However, with the best intentions in the world, moving abroad can be very tricky. And that's why we have a podcast about it. It's often the administrative and practical aspects that people struggle with the most, and that's really what risks paralyzing your efforts. That's why I am so excited this week to be partnering with Noah Mobility. 
So NOAA Mobility are relocation consultants. They focus on helping people with tasks such as finding housing, getting your tax ID, registering with the local authorities and sorting your driving license. They also have an app called ArcOne, which allows people to organize and track their relocation tasks. Today, we're going to be joined by NOAA Mobility CEO, Katrin Ruland. Katrin has worked in relocation for over 20 years and managed a staggering 15,000 relocations. She's here today to talk to us about some of the key challenges her clients often face when it comes to relocation what you need to look out for, and top tips to make your next relocation smooth. So welcome to the podcast, Katrin. Hello, Sally. Thanks. Great for having me. Thank you. Um, So I'll just launch straight into our first question. Um, What we want to know is what do you see as the biggest challenge expats face when they first move abroad? And what do people need to be aware of? Well, um, this depends uh, depends also on, on the destination and resulting uh, cultural differences. But the biggest challenges um, are immigration and visa process, house hunting and renting agreements for sure. Then, of course, the right choice of school and kindergarten and the integration of the whole family. Because if, um, if the family is not integrated well, work assignments often fail, causing huge costs for the company. And all the mentioned tasks must, must be managed in, in parallel so that 90% of the relocation process are covered when the, when the expat um, starts working. Yeah, it's true. Like you've moved abroad to start your job and that's stressful enough moving to a new work. The last thing you need is for these administrative problems to be happening in the background, um, which prevents you from doing a good job at work and causing extra stress. Um, And it's so true what you say about those. um, I was feeling like nervous even listening to those list of things that people moving abroad need to manage because it's so stressful. I remember when I first moved to Berlin and I needed to get a tax ID. Um, so for those of you that don't know, if you don't get your tax ID, then you get put on the highest tax class and then you need to pay the most tax um, until you get a tax ID, which puts you on the right tax, tax class. Um, so to get that, I needed to go to one of the government offices and I needed to book it. And the government said, oh, you need to do that within the first three months. But I couldn't get an appointment within the first six months. So I was already late. I had to go to an office that was pretty much next to Poland from Berlin. I got all the way there. I didn't speak any German um, at the time. The government official didn't speak any English. And she just said, no, um, I don't understand you. You don't understand me. I can't give you that tax ID. And I just cried. (laughs) And it was awful. Um, So it's really, really helpful to know that there's someone that can help and that can help me out with those kind of things. That would have been enormously useful to know. Um, and it actually leads me to my next question. So at NOAA Mobility, you deal with a lot of the crucial administration of first moving abroad, as we talked about. What are the things that people need to think about? Do you guys have a checklist? How does it work? Well, um, we we do not work often with checklists as um, every relocation is so, so individual. And um, we like to tailor our relocation service to the expat and family constellation. But um, mostly booked services are, for example, orientation tour to understand the environment. Then, of course, most people need housing support and um, administration with work, residence, visa, um, 
driving license, tax ID, social security number, etc. And um, school and kindergarten, if, if you come with kids and last but not least, banking is um, quite important. Yeah. And I think you were telling me before that you can't get your bank account without your ID or something or your address. Um, and that can be a vicious circle. What, how does that work? Sometimes running in a circle, because if you want to open a bank account, you have to be registered in Germany. And if you want to rent a house in Germany, you need to have a bank account to show your SUFA, that's the financial rating in Germany. So it's like running in a circle. So you don't get a bank account because you don't have an address and you don't get an address because you don't have a bank account. And this is sometimes um, difficult, but, um, you know, we have we have managed this and we have agreements with, with different banks and uh, set up our own um, processes. That's cool. Okay, good, good. Thank you. Um, and I also wanted to ask about accommodation. Um, so this is always a thing that people find the hardest to deal with and it's often the most important to them because, of course, that's the quickest way for it to feel like home, um, getting your, your new accommodation sorted. Are there any tips on what to look out for when choosing housing abroad? Yes, I always recommend our clients to check and brainstorm just a bit on, on Immobilien Scout, you know, just to few properties. They are gone till they show up in, in Germany, but it gives, you a, it gives you a better feeling about rental market pricing. What do you get for your money? Um, how quick is the rental market? Uh, sometimes you have to be careful because there are a lot of... Um, frauds in the market uh, offering properties they do not exist and uh, they are asking for money etc so it's um yeah but but you know to get to get a feeling for the market just play a bit around in Imo Scout, and then of course you need at the end you need to have a local expert that guides you through that you have a chance at the end to get a property um, to have a good rental contract to understand the utility costs etc and of course, the kitchen, <laughs> the yeah. kitchen problem, <laughs> because some some properties in Germany they do not have a kitchen; they come without kitchen, and um, yeah. Yeah, I was so flabbergasted when I heard that, and my parents always remark on it whenever they come here um, that you actually sometimes rent a house, but you have to buy the kitchen separately. Is that right? Yes, yes, you have to buy the kitchen. And there's also a quite good um, second-hand market between the expatriates because, you know, they have to buy a kitchen three years later, they leave. So you can get good kitchens, good IKEA kitchens. <laughs> um, you can get in the second-hand market. So these things we assist as well. And um, But as you said, uh, most of our clients, they are highly surprised that that the house comes house or apartment comes without kitchen some of our clients especially from the US they wonder that houses do not have a closet or they come without lights for example yeah ah oh, how funny um yeah i think it's different in every country because sometimes you read the rental price and that includes utilities sometimes it doesn't um in germany they describe it as like warm or cold um the pricing um sometimes obviously it includes the kitchen sometimes it doesn't so being able to delve into that nitty gritty is so important when choosing your accommodation. Um, and as you said, you know, fraud um, happens in every country, um, but really, you know, look out for anything that looks too good to be true. Um, yes. And also make sure that you do not um, give any of your money before you see the place. Or if you've got a relocation consultant, obviously they could see the place, but someone's got to see the place before you uh, yes. pay. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and and just one one thing more to the utility costs because as you said in Germany it's offered the the cold rent and the warm rent, but you know warm rent is not always includes all of the utilities, and it's quite difficult to understand because if you if you rent a house, it comes warm rent is usually without um, a gas. Um, water and electricity but apartments they are with gas and water and no electricity so it's so we are here to avoid uh, surprises yeah that's a, i didn't even know that and i've been here five years um <laughs> that's really good to know thank you um another question i had um is any tips for building a community as an expat how do you find like-minded people in your new city well, there are, there are expat communities around and um, there are good Facebook groups I can, I can highly recommend. And um, some areas, they offer newcomers clubs, but it's more in the capital cities. And uh, through kindergarten and, and school, but it's mostly international schools and kindergartens, you get um, quite a good network for, for the start in your new destination. And um, we at Noah Mobility, we have launched our, our own members feed where our community can exchange experiences, um, ask questions. And, um, and even if you're not a client of, of, or an active client at Noah Mobility, you always can join the members feed and, um, and go from there. Oh, that's really good. So it's just a feed on your app where people can kind of share best practice, things they found out, stuff that's going on. Is that right? Yes, you can. You can share um, little events, for example, if you have an after work beer or a toddler's group, or if you're leaving Germany, you sell your kitchen, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can, you can sell your kitchen. There's always someone in need with a kitchen and um, or just share experiences like like restaurants or whatever so that's cool is, okay you know, the members feed the members feed is because if you come to a new destination you do not have a network and important is that you build up your network that you feel comfortable that you feel like like being at home and um yeah this is uh, why why we have set up this this uh, members feed yeah um i often talk in the podcast about what i call the expat slump which is you know when you first get to your new city, it's all very exciting. It's very busy. Everything's very novel. Um, but after th- maybe four months, I always think four to six months, you know, the novelty wears off, but you've not quite established your new friends or anyone close. And that's really where it can start getting hard. Uh, people can start getting a little bit down, um, homesick, a little bit disorientated with their new surroundings. So that's when it's so important to have that community um, and to, to build that, so that's that's great that you've got that uh, facility yeah. on your app. Yeah, you need you know you need a start of building a network, and as soon you have your first little tiny network, and then the ball is rolling, and then it's quite easy, and you settle well here. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, Katrin, one of the myths of the relocation services is that they're only for senior executives. So that's certainly what I had in my mind um, before we started speaking. But from what you've told me, you cater to all levels when it comes to both services and cost. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. So um, our idea was that the relocation should be affordable for, for everyone. Therefore, we offer individual packages and all of our services can be booked in three different levels. That's basic, standard, premium. 
basic, um, of course, is, is um, the cheapest option. So, um, and also people can book just one service at a time. They do not have to commit immediately to a full relocation uh, package. So they go step by step. Oh, it's, that's cool. So if they're struggling specifically with one thing, they can like check that out with you and see if you can help with it. Yes. So you book for for example, you start with with uh, support for administration, and then um, after this is done, you can decide whether you want to book um, housing packages. Sometimes, you know, our clients they get then their new home from from a colleague who is leaving. So I would not recommend to book everything in advance. Do it step by step, and um, you know, it changes all the time. So yeah, that's cool. Okay. Okay. Good. So this leads us on to our next question, and that's about your app, Arc One. Um, so you told me that Arc was actually inspired by Noah, the original traveler. Um, and Arc One, it's A-R-K, One, is the app that you guys have created to help people manage their relocation. Can you tell us a little bit more about how it works and how people can check it out? Yes. So with Arc One, we had been inspired by Uber. So you simply log in at our platform or download the app, register yourself, book your service, choose your consultant. And after the service is delivered, you just confirm the payment and uh, the rating of the consultant. So it's just a few fingertips. And um, for companies, we offer a company panel. That means that a company can allocate to each expat a certain budget which they can use on, on our app. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I wish my company, um, not the company I work for now, <laughs> my old company had used that when I moved to Singapore because they put me like smack bang in the middle of the red light district. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, 26, first moving abroad. And I was like, where have I been sent? Um, <laughs> um, so it would definitely have been a good idea to work with a relocation consultant for, for that. And as you said before, you know, um, some, some people, they do not want to drive in Germany, so they do not want to convert their driver's license, but maybe they need to have support with buying a kitchen if you have a house without kitchen. Yeah. So, um, and this is where I mean relocation is so individual and you cannot plan from the very beginning what are the next five steps. So I would go step by step and, um, and book one service after the other, not all in one go. Yeah, totally. And you're not just, um, I just wanted to mention to the listeners, it's not just Germany that you guys are available in, is it? It's other countries as well. At the moment, we are offering in Germany, Austria, Spain and Portugal, and we're slowly growing. Yes. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. So people can check out your app by going to the website www.noah-mobility.de. That's Noah like N-O-A-H. So noah-mobility.de. And they can use a code specifically for our listeners, first job abroad for a free trial. And it actually gives you 20 euros free credit to set out those services. Um, so do take a look. Again, that's www.noah-mobility.de. And you can use the code first job abroad for a free trial. So I could talk to you all day, Catherine, but sadly, that's all we've got time for. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming on My First Job Abroad and speaking to our listeners about how they can manage the administrative and practical costs of their relocation, because it's always the biggest stumbling block. 
I'm going to, of course, put a link to Neuromobility in the show notes, um, but you guys can reach out to me on LinkedIn or my Instagram to find out more about the company and I'll direct you to, to Catherine. Um, and yeah, hopefully you will come back on the show soon um, and give us more of your amazing knowledge. Thank you. Thank you, Sally. <laughs> So this week, instead of doing my usual top three takeaways, I'm actually going to stick with the theme of the episode and run through a relocation checklist of practical things that you need to tick off before you start your move abroad. There are quite a few, so just pause the podcast, grab a pen and come back. Okay, I presume that you've done so. So first up is when you know when you're going to move, create a timeline, a kind of a countdown clock that includes key dates for visas, school application, vaccinations, shipping. Um, Some of these things, vaccinations in particular, you might need to get two or three. They might need to be months apart. So it's really good to know how long these things are going to take. Next up is to start copying documents and keep them in a safe place. Following that, you want to apply for a visa and a work permit. Allow plenty of time to get those supporting documents together. If you're applying with work, then obviously they're going to help you with that. If you're not, then it's something that you need to have on that list to do. Next up, you want to look at the local property market and decide if you want furnished or unfurnished. Where are the best areas to live in? If you're going to buy or rent, most of you probably will be renting. Um, As Catherine mentioned, the distance in kilometers doesn't necessarily equate with the time needed if it's a place where there's particular traffic. So if you can work with a local, that might really save you time or money. Speak to someone that works in an office. Um, If you're moving within the company, works in the new office, or you can work with a relocation consultant. Next up is to decide whether to sell, rent or lock up your current home and give your landlord notice on your current tenancy. Following that, you want to look at transport options. So are cars essential in your new place or is public transport okay? Is it reliable? Is it safe? Um, So if you're off to a place like Manila or Jakarta, driving can be really, really challenging and it's pretty scary. Um, So talk to other people on the ground and find out what they do. Closely linked to this, you want to check what kind of driving license is needed. So um, can your driving license be used in your new home and for how long and do you need to exchange it? Following that, you want to cancel direct debits and standing orders to your current account in in the UK if you're not going to be using it. Um, Check out your mobile phone. You might not be using that. You might want to serve notice on your mobile phone contract. Um, And decide whether to close your bank account um, and inform your bank you're going abroad if you're not going to close it. Next up, call the doctor and book your vaccinations. As I said earlier, it's good to have a timeline. Um, Make sure you do that. Next up is to check the status of your health coverage. So if you're moving with a company, they will likely provide health insurance for you. If not, you may need some temporary coverage until you can find a job. Next up is to find out about data roaming with your current phone provider. So if you're going to be keeping your contract when you first move abroad, you want to know what the data roaming charges are. So obviously, as an EU citizen traveling within the EEA, it's fine. Um, Usually that's not a cost with a lot of countries. Um, But beyond that, what do you need to do? 
Following that, you want to compare shipping costs. So if there are things you want to bring with you that won't fit in your suitcase, what's the shipping? What's the timeline on that shipping? How much does it cost? Where do I need to take it to? Um, That's the next thing. Um, And next up is links. So decide what to take, sell or put in storage. Finally, you want to check whether you need to register within the city that you're going to. So in Germany, for example, registration is vitally important. As without it, you'll not be able to get your residence permit, take out health insurance or open a bank account. So that's really, really key. So it sounds like a lot, but hopefully you won't have to do everything. So if you've got a friend on the ground in the new place, they may be able to answer some of the questions for you. Or alternatively, you can speak to a professional like No Mobility. It might cost you to work with them, but if they can save you money on things like accommodation in the long run or shipping, it's probably worth it. Um, So have a look and do the maths. So just to remind you before I head out that there is an exclusive offer for listeners of this podcast to try out the Arc One app. So you can find it on the Apple App Store, the Google Play or on Noah Mobility's website, noah-mobility.de. And you can use the code FIRSTJOBABROAD, put it into the campaign code box and it will allow you €20 credit for any services you wish to use. Or similarly, just get in touch with No Mobility to ask about their services. So next week, we've got another interview coming up, which I'm really, really excited about. And that's about living and working in Barbados. So as many of you know, Barbados recently launched their 12-month welcome stamp. So that's a visa which allows people to go and work remotely from Barbados. So if you're already working from home and you're staring at your four walls, why not do it from Barbados? I'm going to be speaking to Melanie Jones, an international business lawyer, about the visa and life in Barbados. So we'll be covering topics such as Wi-Fi, lifestyle, safety, cost of living, and of course, eligibility for the visa itself. I'm also in the thick of developing series two of the podcast and would love to hear what you guys want covered. So you can reach out to me on my Instagram, that's at yourfirstjobabroad, or by email yourfirstjobabroad at gmail.com. I'll see you next week. Thank you. 